Welcome to the Down to Business Podcast with Alex Kirby, where entrepreneurs and small businesses come to stretch themselves and grow their company. From interviews to in-depth discussions, you'll learn how to market effectively, increase profits, and become the leader your company needs you to be. Now, let's get down to business. Hey everybody, welcome to the Down to Business Podcast. Today we're doing something a little bit unique. It's Friday, and uh, this is Logan Ingram, aka Hoss Jackson. If you guys don't know Logan, uh, he works for our marketing company, Pure Marketing, that hosts the Down to Business Podcast. Um, Logan is a character, is, a, is a, a way to put it. A lot of our guys in this office are characters. Today's a tell-all. I'm just going to spill the beans. All okay? right. Just kidding. Um, and we just wanted, I wanted Logan, because he looks so good, to have him on the show today. And he's got some good insights uh, professionally. With He does a, he runs the account, uh, marketing account for Trifecta, my landscaping business I own. So he does a lot of creative stuff with that. He does some stuff for peer marketing. He's an SEO wizard. Harry Potter? Sure, Harry Potter, what's Star your, Wars. Wait, what's your favorite, uh, what do they call it in Harry Potter? Not your clan, but your... Like house? Yes, house. Um, Ravenclaw. I took the test. That's where I am. Uh, you see, he, you would take a test. I would be that to guy show, to take yeah, a test. Okay. I've never taken a test to see what muggle or whatever I am in Harry <laughs> Um, So, yeah, Star Wars Day was the other day. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And so, may the fourth be with you. You as well. Um, yeah, I just want to have Logan on. We're going to talk a little bit today, just a little bit about a lot, but one focus I do want to talk about, and Logan, chime in as much as you want, is uh, the main topic today, guys, is is I want you guys to think about how you can leverage negotiating in your business. And um, what I mean by that is when you have a, a business, there are a lot of vendors um, employees, but mostly vendor focus that you um, can use to your advantage in, in, a, in a positive way in your business. So Logan, for example, right? Um, with Trifecta Landscaping Company, we buy $80,000. It's a lot of money worth of landscape materials from one location, right? And they're in a big company. And over time, I started off, I'm not even sure if they technically do this. I think they do, but they probably won't say anything if you don't ask. It's my guess. But I said, hey, f- as we sell or buy, excuse me, as we buy more product from you, I would like a price break each time we reach a new level, right? Mm-hmm. And they've done, they've been amazing with that. Mm-hmm. So, and then what was so cool is the other day we go, we went out, we actually, you know what? This might've been our first out of, out of the city job. I didn't even realize that. The one we went and did the the tree job. I've never driven out of our area to do a job. I have. Well, yeah, you have. <laughs> well, we went out of our city and did a job, but they had a location there and was able to get the same pricing there that I do here. Right. Because they're a chain. So anyways. That's right. But the only reason all that happened is we save, you know, I think we're up to like 20, 25% off of retail pricing or something, maybe even better. But my point being is that only happened because I asked for a price break. And so today I just wanted to chat, you know, with you guys about, you know, on Fridays we try to keep our episode uh, pretty, pretty simple, pretty concise. Make sure that you are asking the people you do business with how you can work things out with them. Another great example, we just got our trucks wrapped, right? Right. You helped me design. Uh, and we got 
I think we got a 10% discount on that. And because I asked for, for, because we did so much business with them. Mm. And he, I, I always ask if they need to trade. People don't think about that. Like bartering and trading is like a thing of the past, right? Except, you know, someone like yourself that's white collar. I'm sure you think about it all the time. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But I asked this guy, I said, hey, do you have any landscaping needs? He's like, oh, I just bought a house. Sure. How much do you want to trade? I think we traded like $3,000 worth of of work. So we got a wow. discount on the truck wraps, which we did four so far. They look awesome. And we got the trade, so I didn't have to pay all all that cash out of the, the business. So another example, guys, but... but Listeners, I want you to be thinking about all of these vendors that you're you're working with, that you're um, consistently doing business with, and see how you can leverage that to your advantage. If if it's a a, a company that um, maybe they get rid of things that you would take, you know, maybe they have mm-hmm. excess trees. Like for us, our vendor will call me at the end of the year and say, "Hey, we have all this stuff at um, break even price, and do you want it?" You know, have those relationships that you can. Um, source for the benefit of your company, uh, whether it be sponsors like we have uh, for Trifecta, whether it be um, partners, vendors, employees, friends and family, you know, ones Mm -hmm. that have businesses that want your business, want support, you know, like, hey, if we get our tires done with you, can we can we get one set free or something like I know it sounds like kind of I don't want to say is the word shady. What, you know when people like ask for discounts all the time or like, you know when you're at the grocery store and a woman like comes up and she's like, I got a coupon for that. And it kind of feels like, why does it always feel a little weird? I mean, I guess it's because you don't see it a lot. Maybe it's that's unconventional. Why. Unconventional. That's the word I was waiting for. And I feel like that's kind of the way this is seen now is like the price is the price. I don't believe that. I believe, like I know I wouldn't. If If there's a customer of ours that does a lot of business with us, why would I not like give them a price break for the loyalty that they've shown? Or, hey, if if I get you a referral to this big thing, would you be willing to give me 10% off my next job? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's how I view it because I'm looking for that consistent referral partner, whether that's a customer, a vendor, a family member, whatever it is. Um, it builds that loyalty. It does build that loyalty. And, and honestly, as I'm saying out loud, we've talked about having a referral um, I know we have cards that like say stuff, but we need to have more of a referral. Let's make a note of that. Me and Logan, uh, talk a lot. He obviously is the marketing account person for trifecta. So we're always talking about marketing stuff. And that's probably the one we haven't wrapped up is how to get referral partners better from right. our current customers. Yeah, I agree. Um, but anyways, just that, that's kind of the main thing today. Y'all is, is just be thinking about how to leverage, and, and be a, the king in negotiating. Let's go to the customer side on negotiating. Um, there's this thing going around right now in the lawn and landscape business. Again, I'll just use this as an example. I, I, I'm on this Facebook page, you know, the one I'm talking about. And oh my gosh, the last six months, everybody every week is like this little phrase, know your worth, right? And they're like, raise your prices, which I agree with, and know your worth. Meaning like if somebody... If you give them a quote for a hundred dollars and they're like, well, our budget was really 95 per time. And they're like, sorry, no can do. And I understand where that sentiment's coming from because a lot of times in trades industries, which a lot of our listeners are in trades, um, they get beat up on the price. 
because they feel like it's not that hard or not that important, right? Mm. Um, customers feel that way, it feels like. But I just do not understand this like line in the sand mentality with the price is the price. And I'm sorry, because one, you've taken a lot of time to even acquire that quote. Right. Um, you like for me, we have managers. I paid a manager to go there. I tried to acquire it with via Google or other advertising. And then to then go and then, then you did the quote and then to come back and they're like, can you help me out a little bit? If there's a way for me to do it and, and it makes sense where I'm then, yeah, whether it's, well, I can't on the price, <coughs> excuse me, but I can give you 10% off your, your first mulch application. Okay. Now you've upsold them and you can give them a slight discount or you can roll it into the price. I just don't understand Logan, like the people out there, business owners, don't be that person. I talked to this one guy one time. I'm going to leave him nameless. Chris probably knows where I'm going with this. I talked to this one guy one time on this show, actually, on the Down to Business podcast. And he went through this whole spiel about know your worth and pricing. And the very end, he lets it out. Then he only had 10 customers. He had 10 customers and he was like denying work. And it wasn't like he was giving prices for 50 and they were, people were coming back 20. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, can you do, like, 40 is what I'm used to paying. If I'm trying to build my business and I can make a, at least a, a I'm not going to say small profit margin, but a decent one, maybe my ideal one's 30% and I can make 22 on this job, I'm taking it. Like, down the road, you can be picky. I just don't understand the mentality. Help me out what your thoughts are as a consumer. But like, I don't understand the pickiness because think of it reverse engineered. Would you wrap? Are you picky? Like, do you like steak? Yeah. So are you going to go to the best steakhouse if it's 15% more in price than Texas Roadhouse? Yeah. Not 50% Probably, more. Yeah. Not fi- a better one. Yeah. Not 50% more. I'm not going to pay $100 for a, a, as opposed to $50. But if you knew that you could get a, a steak right. pretty a good bit better for let's use the $50 for 65. Would you do it? Yeah, I think I, I would, would totally do it. So I don't understand like down the road. Sure. You can be picky. I just, I'm challenging everyone listening to this. There's a, we're in a really tough economy right now. Like I was looking at the stock market. I think yesterday was the biggest loss it had in two years. Does that sound right? Did y'all read that guys in the room? I think it was the biggest drop in the Dow over a thousand points. I'm going to look in. Yeah. I mean, dude, in January of 2022, it was 36,000. We're already at under 33 Mm. this year and has gotten as low as no, we're almost at our low for the year. We're almost at the lowest it's been in over a year and a half. We're in a really tough economy, really tough market. Let's not be overly picky is what I'm trying to get at. And let's let's negotiate to get a better pricing, better relations. Like we have a great mechanic that does stuff right. for us. And he gives us, I think, 10 to $15 off an hour per labor because we send him so much business. Is he losing money? No, he's making it up and not having to acquire more customers because we're a great customer. So whatever you take with that, what are your thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, it's just like, I mean, exactly what you're saying. I agree. It's it, You're talking about your overall customer acquisition cost Mm -hmm. in the long run. And I think that it, 
if if you give some leeway to your pricing, it, it helps out not only with your customer acquisition cost, but it also builds that customer loyalty. Right. I mean, why do you think every time you go on a website, there's some type of code laying out there for ten to fifteen percent off? Yeah. Because they've already quote they've already got their price to the point where they know they're making the margin with a ten percent off. That way, they're acquiring a customer for life. I, I was mm-hmm. talking about this with someone the other day. If you have a company that, or let's say like Target versus Walmart, I don't know if that's a great comparison, but I think it's pretty close. If you know that every time you go to Target, or no, Kohl's, Kohl's is the best example of this. I don't know if everyone has Kohl's, but Kohl's Cash. Are you familiar with Kohl's Cash? No. Okay, so <laughs> Kohl's is like a, a, a Target basically, so they don't have food. I think that's the difference. They don't have as they don't have perishable food. Okay. Kohl's has this amazing marketing thing. Where when you go and spend, like for every $50 you spend in the store, they give you Kohl's cash for 10 bucks. okay? Mm-hmm. And what it does is you can't use it until two weeks later. So they give you like $25 in Kohl's cash, which literally is free money, okay? It's Kohl's money. But they say you can't use it for two weeks. What are they doing by, by giving you that $25? They're guaranteeing what? Customer loyalty. Yes, and customer visit. And they know they've run tests that every time someone comes in this door, no matter if they have Kohl's cash or not, they're going to spend X amount of money. They know those. They know that for a fact, statistically. So it's a huge benefit where Target, you, like I don't know of any discount that they give like on Mondays. They do? What's Target do, Brett? Uh, they, give you a, you know, they do a point system? Yeah, Walmart. You know, Walmart. That's Walmart doesn't do anything. And so... I know my wife loves going to Target for home goods stuff because of, I think, what Brett must be talking about. I I had the two mixed up. But my mom goes to Kohl's like it is her job, dude. She literally, I feel like she has it on her schedule, like, go to Kohl's and spend 100 bucks. Like, that's just what she does because Kohl's cash, it feels like money burning in her pocket. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey everybody, we want to take a second to thank today's show sponsor, Jobber. If you guys haven't used Jobber, it is a leading CRM for your home service-based business. If you're looking to help with scheduling, invoicing, routing, Jobber is the way to go. So you're organized, efficient, and in charge of everything you're doing. If you want a discount, look in our show notes today. You get 20% off your first six months. And again, thank you, Jobber, for being a show sponsor and the company we trust at Trifecta Landscaping now for five years. Speaking of Kohl's, did you buy this from there? You can't remember. You remember where you got it? I think it might, uh, if it wasn't Kohl's, it was a Macy's? Yeah, Macy's. One of the two. Never, yeah, I don't know if I've ever... Thanks for calling me out. I mean, it's not like a designer jacket or anything. Could have been. Well, you're doing what we teach on this show, balling on a budget. I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> I do wonder. You know, I, I wonder... What do you, let's think about this. Hey, listeners, you don't have to tell me, but I wonder what the, uh, what is it called? Net worth of our listeners is. If I had to guess, what would you say? Over, under 400,000. Like total of all listeners? Yes. If Corey Bauer's listening. Are they owners or it's going up. Bi- are the owners or their businesses? Businesses, if they own their business, it's an asset to themselves. Okay. Um, four hundred is the number over four hundred thousand. Over under. I think it's over four hundred thousand. Mm. That's a lot of money, dude. 
400 G's is a lot of money. You talking about per person? Per person, like okay. we're listening. I, was, I thought at, you meant like collectively, like no, everyone no. I was like, that's way under, man. No. It's like, if that's the case, then we need to totally reamp what we're doing. <laughs> no, so like, I mean, for example, I have 10 vehicles I own. So just do some basic math. There's nothing I can, I'm not high. I can't hide that from anybody. I'm the no debt guy. So anyone listening can be like, oh, they have 10 vehicles. Let's do some easy math here. Are you counting owned versus leased and slash? Yeah, your net worth does not agree. Finance takes out your net worth. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a a liability. I would say the Mm. medium. It's probably thing about, uh, I would probably say under 400. Unless okay. Corey Bell is listening, and then it's probably Yo, six or if seven. Corey or Paul Jameson's <laughs> he's, listening, Paul. He's, they're, yeah, they're going to throw Paul the... Paul Jameson, uh, that man. They'll throw off the, the curve. Making, he's making moves. Yeah. Um, I know this is totally random, but the other thing I was going to say is, let's talk quickly about this before we wrap up. Is the new millionaire $1 million, $2 million now? Does it... So, like, you're how old now? How old are you? I'll be 30 next month, okay? And, like... I've been like, I'm not a birthday guy. Like, I'm very thankful God made me and all that, but I'm not big on celebrating stuff. I just, I never have been. I try to celebrate every day. Um, But for some reason, I've really realized lately that a million dollars isn't that much money. Yeah. And it feels like it, but it's not. When it comes to like straight up, like if you're going to retire at 40, it's probably not enough. No, but just like, like 10 years ago, if someone said they were a millionaire, you were like, oh my gosh. I still think it's a quite an achievement. Okay, but let's mm-hmm. let's break that down. And maybe this will blow your mind because you're 23. Average house in South Carolina, which is one of the cheapest states to live in, is about $250,000. It's more than that now. But 250 granted, to three. Over the last 10 years, yeah. 250 to three, okay? That's... It used to be, I mean, 10 years ago, you could buy eight. I mean, one of our employees somehow found a nice house. Ryan, shout out to Ryan McDaniel. He bought a house last year for like under two, I'll say. And it's like pretty nice. Yeah, he told me about that. Like it's three bedrooms, two bath, like in a decent, like good part of town. Like, I don't know how I did that. Um, And it didn't really need like much work at all. Right. So that's, but that used to be the norm here like you could get a good house for like 160 to 200,000 like a nice house my mom and dad the house we grew up in it was 200,000 with four acres and they only bought it 20 years ago and now that's worth 500,000 so it's almost tripled okay so you got that then car most people drive like a $20,000 car most not all okay you start adding up just like your basic things you're already like half a million dollar net worth so like is it that crazy to say you're a millionaire in your mind? If it is, I'm like, let me be wrong. But it's not, to me, it's not even a huge, like, it's, it's yeah, gotten get, such push down. Yeah, I get where Spencer, you're Spencer, what's from? your opinion on this? I say to my friends all the time, arrogant. A million dollars. Say, you're like, oh, a million dollars is not that. It's not as much as. Yeah, so Spencer, who's also on our peer marketing team, if y'all can't hear him very good, he's saying that he tells his friends all the time that a million bucks doesn't go nearly as far along as you think. Well, because they got all excited about the prospect of money and having a dollar. Yeah. Unless you're debt-free. You could retire with a million bucks in the bank if you're debt-free. Well, you're not rolling, though. 
you're not rolling. Like, let's like, like, and that's, again, this is why I want to talk about this because on our show, we have a lot of people listening who are business owners looking at you business owner and you're not even putting money into retirement. You're not putting anything aside. You're, you're investing everything back in your business as you should in some seasons for try, like for my businesses, I try to do an every other year thing where I think I told you this, right? Like I, I go heavy yes. investing in yeah, the business. Like that. last year was our um, on year. And then I try to go a little bit lighter next year. That way I don't hedge myself because what happens if you invest in your business for six years and put all your profits minus 40 grand into it and then you get sick, you tear, you know, you break your leg, like something happens to where you really can't operate functionally. Maybe you get in a car wreck. You've put everything into one one uh, basket, so to speak, which is still a healthy thing, a business, uh, but it kind of is tied up. That's... um. I was talking to um, a business owner who's in a group of mine. I think he, his net worth's about a hundred million, eighty to a hundred. Hundred million, you're fine. Oh my god! I think <laughs> so. I mean, let's. I'll wrap that up real quick. One million, you can do it, but you're not balling like Spencer said. You definitely can. Like, if you have no debt and you have a million dollars, like you're good. You can live like a normal life. Two million, you can live really nice. Five million is kind of the number I think to kind of like. I don't like the term people call it the. The letter that comes after A, B, C, D, E, E. I don't want to say it. <laughs> F you money is what people say. Okay? I think you, you talked about this one time. And I remember the number. The number I see. I remember the number three million. Three to five. Three depends to five. on where you live. It also depends how many years you got left. If yeah. You're, really, yeah. If you're, say, let's That's say you what got, it was. Let's it, say you got a million dollars. You retire at 55. And there's a million dollars in the bank. So if you live at 50,000 a year. That's going to get you 20 years. Yeah. So it's still not quite your growth. You can live off your growth. Yeah. So my parents are in this right now. My parents are 55 and 60 or something. My mom's like 56. If you have good investments where you can live off a good bit of the interest of those investments. Yeah. They haven't touched their principal yet. Yeah. But if someone said I had, if someone told me that I had to live for the next 20 years with nothing but, uh, let's say the next 25 years, I was never going to make another dime, Mm -hmm. but here's a million bucks. Here's what you have to live off for 25 years. I'd be freaking out. Because that's basically living like you're making 35, 40 grand. It is like that. But this and is like, why. You can't get another dollar. This is why everyone thinks it's like, I get comments sometimes like, oh, being debt free isn't realistic. They'll like tell me that. <clears throat> I don't understand that. I really don't. When you don't have bills, me and my wife just did our budget the other night. The business pays for a few things that like would technically be a bill like phones and stuff. Like our bills were like $2,000 a month, like groceries and like all that mm-hmm. with the business stuff probably thrown in with probably like 2,800. But like, you're telling me you can't live like, like if you make 50 grand a year, you don't have bills. Like you can do it like in like not even be struggling. But what I'm saying is going back to what I, where I was getting at is so many people put so much of their stuff into one thing, their business. My business is going to make me retire. Okay. Hopefully. I just think you have to hedge. It's called hedging your bets, right? You have to have life insurance policy. Like I have, a, I don't need life insurance monetarily wise. I'll just be honest, but I have it just in case something, you know, if trifecta got sued and like I lost or whatever, like I got it. You got to have these things in place to where, um, that's another talk for another time. You know, I'm talking about getting a trust so you can protect your assets and this and different stuff. But so many people, I feel like, 
think it's like debt free is not attainable. Well, it's not. It's you know you have to have a credit score if you well, want to borrow money. Well, another piece of that on the business owner side is we get guys who say all the time, "Well, when it comes time, I'll just sell my business and that'll be my retirement." And I'm like, "Well, you better have a pretty awesome business when you retire because businesses, unless you really grow them well and you can document how well they're doing, and you can audit through like your tax records and, and show it's a lot of that growth, profitable. It's not. I'll that tell profitable. you a story. Let me tell you, Chris. The uh, Take away land out of the equation. I just know a business that sold that did a, it was a business that did a million plus a year and they sold for about six hundred thousand on the business. You talking about taxes and then a broker after that? Four hundred. You worked your whole life to make four hundred on a sale of a business. So at best you got eight years out of that. Maybe. I mean, so it's it's not crazy, but going back to the the million thing is, yeah, like three. Three to five is a really, like, you can pretty much do whatever you want to do. I mean, I'm not going to say you can buy a Lamborghini every day, but life-wise, you can go on whatever vacation you want as long as it's not a hundred grand. Let's let's flex <laughs> that a little bit. What if you safely invest a million dollars instead of just live, like, if that's retirement number? Cause- what scares me, though, about that is, like, this stock market, I'm I'm, I'm showing it. And one second. Oh my God. And yeah, the stock market's all over the place right now, but generally over the last 20 Hold years, we, we say that what 8% is a conservative return. So 8% of a million dollars is 80 grand. So if you just take that million dollars and invest it in, a, in something pretty safe, and then you get $80,000 of investment money coming back every year. So this is so yeah, you live off 60 this, of that. What happens? This is what scares me about stock market. Like, I'm bit, I like it, but, but forever, it's been the vehicle for America to retire on. And you have zero control over those companies. So for people who, like pensions is even worse, right? Because pensions is, sorry, pensions are controlled by the company that you work with. At least the stock one you have, you have control over the stock, your, your personal retirement. But I just think that I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too far, but rental properties, fixed assets that produce income, whatever, it's got to be more of the future of retirement than it has been. I'm not going to say like the whole thing or anything like that, but I mean, you look at it like Elon Musk, let's use him for an example. A lot of people are heavily invested in Tesla and then he all of a sudden decides, I'm going to buy Twitter. His reaction, his action affects your money because now Tesla's gone down a good fifteen percent. Now, obviously, you would expect it to you would expect it to come back. But what if he takes his eye off of Tesla for too long and he starts falling in love with Twitter? What if Tesla? I'm, you know, what I'm saying there's so many what ifs with stock market. Um, so I don't know. Have you thought about this stuff at age 23, Logan? Yeah, I mean, not in the with the business owner perspective, of course, but like. Even even things that, you know, going back to the Star Wars thing, um, I read something the other day with this new Obi-Wan show that's coming out. That's Tonight, exclusive. Right? No, no, no. This is May 27th. Oh, okay. Um, it's exclusive to Disney Plus, And because of that, it's get, it's gotten so much hype that Netflix is going down. And and that's also due to the fact that they're putting ads in into Netflix now. But well, so Netflix a couple keeps of raising their price without bringing more value. Yeah. So like four years ago, Netflix had the best shows ever. 
Mean, it also cracked down on people sharing their passwords, which just let a lot of people just get off of it altogether. As yeah. they should have. Plus, they lost the Office U.S. version to Peacock. That that had to have contributed. It's a, it's a big piece of it. Anyways, the Tesla thing, the Netflix, it, it, that's my point. Like Netflix is down like 30%. Like when our parents were investing in their retirement, you didn't see these swings like this. It was more, you know, bubbles instead of waves. And it just is, a. am not going to say frightening is not the word I want to use, but it's alarming to me how much your your money can go down if, if it's majority of your wealth is in the stock market. I just don't know if it's the best vehicle, especially because for people listening, I'm not sure if everyone knows this, um, almost none of these companies are profitable. So they're basically scaling, burning money as they scale to get to publicly traded status so that the people who own shares in the company before they go public can get liquidity, meaning money. Um, like Twitter's owner, original owner, has like almost no mo- ownership of it. I don't know if you knew that. Like, uh, uh, original creator, excuse me, Jack Dorsey, who was the CEO for a long time, he barely has any. This all came out when with Elon trying to buy him. He barely has any value in in Twitter. So like, all these, it's all been tossed and turned and handed to people. So it just makes me nervous. It's not like the companies that we grew up with respecting that were family owned and operated or like the CEO was a employee and now he's been there 25 years. Like they're just hiring CEOs out of left field who have no, they have no real loyalty to the company. They're just trying to make the balance sheet or the numbers look better. And that kind of like, that scares me. You know, imagine if I was out of our businesses and we just hired a guy randomly to like, Hey, make us profitable. Like you wouldn't trust that person. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause you have to reassess culture, leadership, like all kinds of things Everything. go near spending, spending reasons. Like I paid a lot of money for those trailer wraps because I believe it's going to make the business a lot better. And it has been already. Right. We've already gotten a ton of return on it. So anyways, um, to kind of wrap up this episode of the podcast, guys, I hope this has been good just to hear some business chatter. We're going to really going to start turning the tide on the show. We're going to go to a um, longer form business conversation with a guest not even business, just like life and business. Uh, instead of like being interviewed about a topic, we're going to bring in a great guest and just have a conversation about life, business, and kind of everything about that and see where it goes. I think the more you can see what a successful business person is like outside of their business, it's going to give you insight um, into why their business is successful because of the person they are. So um, we're going to slow down a little bit on the topical stuff. We're going to have a longer form, probably hour-ish, um, interview like conversation. I don't want to say interview, but conversation with with business people across the world, across the country. And so I'm excited about that. It's going to be YouTube. You know, you can see it online. You can find it on podcasts. You can see it on Reels. Uh, make sure you follow us on YouTube, guys. We need some subscribers there. We're trying to build that up, and you know, we got the studio. We're doing some more improvements. So if you guys would subscribe there, that'd be awesome. Logan, thanks for chat with me today. Looking all. Sorry, Hoss Jackson. His alter ego, Hoss Jackson. And uh, there's some other names we could say, but they're inappropriate. Um, So anyways, guys, please subscribe there. Follow us on social media. We'll see you next week. Thank you. God bless.